All right, and we're live. So, hi, guys. It's been a long time no see. Hello. Good to be back. I won't tell you that our two highest-rated podcasts were the last two, but they were. So, we'll see. We we have no Sam today, so it's the original three. So, you know, we got to, I don't know, do our normal terrible podcast. Why don't you talk the whole podcast directly into that glass? That's a good... <laughs> Nobody's watching. Well, well I it will be. Nobody's watching live. Oh, All right, fine. All right, well, welcome back, guys. Thanks. Thanks, Andy. Sorry about the ratings. Well, yeah, they're always good. Sabotage too hard. They're always good. It's just sometimes they're better. Did we did we get a European spike the last two shows as well, or was it constrained um, to the U.S.? Mostly Central America. For okay. some reason, that went way up. So, I don't know. We talked a lot about um, Asylum, so that could have been why it was so popular. <laughs> and not about suicide? Is that... Not as much. Not, not as much. It doesn't come up as often when you're not. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have, there's actual, since you haven't been here for three weeks, um, Sorry. we've got things to catch up on, which is very exciting, and some actual new news. The first, I guess, the most important news of the week is that the... The guy who finally who threw the pitch that finally ended the horrible curse of 108 years of goats and all that bullshit, Mike Montgomery, has been sent off to live out the rest of his days on a farm in Missouri. He was traded to the Kansas City Royals for what you really will always want to get traded for, a backup catcher. Martin and, Maldonado. But the question being... Is he a backup catcher? I think is the question on everyone's mind. It's because what is going on with Wilson? Is he okay? Wilson claims that he went to the doctor and the doctor told him it was just a bruise and that he will be back on the 11th day. So he will not miss any more time than he is supposed to. I saw saw Jesse's tweet. Something along the lines of Cubs only expect him to miss the the ten days and no more. And I immediately replied, "So he'll be out a month. <laughs> so his career is over." His I foot- just the way they talk about injuries. I just I've I've ranted about that before on here. I just don't get it. It's so like I get why you'd want to be like optimistic, I guess, outwardly, but it's just like blatantly unrealistic all the time. Like the way they handled Strope was terrible, and Wilson will probably be out till September at the at the rate they go. I don't know, whatever. I'm, I'm sh- I hope he's fine. Well, I mean. Brandon Morrow will be back any day now. Yep, exactly. Yeah, so that's no problem. He, he I keep forgetting he's on the team. God. <laughs> I think he forgets he's on the team. Actually, he doesn't forget on the 1st and the 15th. <laughs> Other than that, he forgets. So, okay, but then the backup question is, so if Wilson is allegedly fine, so are they going to deal Caratini while he's as hot as possible? Okay, so this there's a lot to unpack here. Now, if you believe... The, the Cubs line, which was repeated by Patrick Mooney, and we I, I believe Patrick, the trade didn't just happen overnight. Yeah, we know you have your, your what are they, what's the, what are the Congress, the crew or whatever of athletic people, you all stand behind each other. Yeah, they don't. Even when we're tweeting racist things at you. <laughs> <laughs> they don't even remember that I worked there. Um, they, the theory is that the, the Cubs have been talking to the Royals for quite a while about some kind of trade that Maldonado was a part of for the reason that because there's no more, you can't make any trades after July 31st. 
So if you're a team like the Cubs and you don't think you have a, a catcher in your organization who could come up and actually play if one of your two guys gets hurt, yeah. if you don't make a trade before August 1st, you're fucked. You can't get anybody else. And so that, the thought was that the Cubs were were in the market for another catcher because they didn't want to have to live with Taylor Davis if something happened to Wilson or Victor. And Victor had already been hurt once and missed a couple of weeks or more than that. Um, and then when Wilson hurt his foot, that just accelerated the talks. Now, that's one theory. Um, we, we do now know that Montgomery had demanded a trade because he had so much leverage with that, you know, seven point whatever ERA that he has. Um, and Jesse made some weird, he's just the worst, some weird reference in one of his tweets to the fact that the Cubs players had been pissed at Montgomery for pouting and that the, and the team had sent him home from a game. Like just said, all right, fine. If you're not, you're just going to sit in the bullpen and pout, you can go home. Um, I can kind of see it from his standpoint. It, he, he wants to be a starting pitcher. He's really not good enough to be a starting pitcher on a good team, but he's certainly good enough to be a starting pitcher in the big leagues. And if you are, you make a shit ton more money than if you're the swing guy, even on a good team like the Cubs. And he's getting older. And I think he's sitting in the bullpen looking over at Tyler Chatwood going, wait a minute, how much money do you make? And how come I don't get some of that? Well, if he wants, if his ultimate goal is to be a starting pitcher on a major league baseball team, why is he in Kansas City? Now? <laughs> That's right. It didn't work out because now he's, you know, he's a tri- he's in Triple A. Yeah, I think the first step to accomplishing that goal would be to not suck. Yeah, so. I when he got traded, I of course had those sentimental moments of thank you, and still have those sentimental moments. You know, bless him for for what he did for the Cubs, and he did seem like one of those like Travis Wood types that would just shut up and take the ball. I guess maybe he was a little bit of a griper. But then I like looked at his stats, and I didn't realize how bad he had gotten this year. Oh, he was terrible. Uh, I mean, yeah, so they're, was, if they wanted – and I'm sure bad. part of the what the Cubs had told him is, look, we'll trade you, but right now you're not worth anything, and so we can't trade you. Um, and apparently the Royals decided – actually, this is sad. That's how sad it became. The Royals had a – opening in their rotation because they traded Homer Bailey. Yeah. And they're like, oh, we got a Homer Bailey size hole. What can we fill it with? Oh, how about this soft toss and lefty from the Cubs? We'll get Mike Montgomery. Um, so that gets us, though, to let's say that that wasn't the case. That it was... And let's say that the case is that they'd look at it and say, well, Wilson's foot's not that bad. But if we could get... Um, if we could get a good second catcher, then wow, look what we could get for our switch hitting 20-whatever. How old is Victor? 26? He's not that old. Twenty. He looks looks like he's in his 40s, but (laughs) I think the big overbite doesn't help. Um, If that's the case, I don't believe it because he's not – he doesn't have any real value. I mean – is he the starting catcher on any on any good baseball team? On a good team, absolutely. No, no. he's a pretty good backup, though. Well, yeah, but backup. isn't that what the Cubs should be using him as? Is their backup yeah, in the yeah. right. Which is exactly why I'm wondering if Wilson is if there's something more serious going on, especially if Jesse. Well, yeah, that would be that's tweeted that out. But so going back to something you said though earlier, Dolan, I there's always something that I feel like I'm not I'm missing when stuff like this is said. So yeah, they now there is that hard trade deadline 
but like, what is the difference from every year before this? Like, what if okay. your catcher would have gotten hurt before? I mean, like, what's it? it you would be in the same situation if your catcher, if you had a catcher get hurt on whatever August seventh. Yeah. Well, so more, like, but see, the Cubs for the most part would grab another catcher. They routinely did that. Like they had oh, the other one in the World Series, they had three. Yeah, and the next year they went and got Alex Avila. True. And then they even had Rene Rivera and Alex That's Avila true. at the same time. They That's always, they always did this. They just had to do it earlier this year. Uh, because what what happens is there's no. There's no more revocable waivers after right. July 31st. If you, you could still waive a guy, but if somebody right. claims him, he's gone. You don't get anything right. for him. And I don't understand why baseball got rid of that and didn't move the trade deadline back like two right. months. Right. Well, that would have made too much sense for baseball. Yes. So um, some team's going to get really screwed by it. And hopefully it's the Cardinals. <laughs> why? And once again, are the Cubs not considering just putting Schwarber back behind the plate where he belongs because even well, where he belongs. No, I'm, I'm being very, no, okay. I was going to say, cause he, yeah, he wasn't very good back there. No, no, no. I, yeah, I wonder if he'd even still be serviceable. I wonder if he's even the emergency. No, guy. Joe basically said he's not. It's yeah. uh, it's our old buddy, Daniel Descalso. Is oh. it actually? Oh my God. Yes. And, but the guy who wants to do it, Javi is Javi. Yeah. And that would be awesome. So Descalso, can they find catcher's gear that'll fit him? <laughs> well, there's no way. I mean, think about that. His nose sticking through the mask. That's got to be dangerous. <laughs> oh. Well, and this here's this is a real problem now for Joe. If I'm, even though it seems like the Cubs are trying to set Joe up for failure constantly, mm-hmm. um, with the worst, the weirdest roster they've ever had. It's just. Like they went with, they just went with an extra bullpen guy forever. So he, at times his three man bench was like Descalso, Almora, and Vic. Like, oh, there's a lot to choose from during a game with those three guys. Um, so it went, let's say Wilson comes back in 10 days. Obviously, you're going to have three catchers on the roster. So your, your bench is going to have two catchers and Descalso on it. That's not, this doesn't really help you so really in do anything. Yeah, pretty much. So I would hope that the idea is, when Wilson comes back, little Danny's got to go. That's that, that, that's the, that's the logical route to go. And I mean, yeah, the, uh, the, the roster I would agree is, has been set up for, for Joe to fail in, in some ways. And I would also argue that uh, Joe's, the lineup he ran out there today was him setting himself up for failure <laughs> with, it was, it was like the worst possible I choices mean, for everything, except he didn't have Descalso in it. Otherwise it right. was terrible. And I don't know why. And he's not helping things by batting Victor fifth. It's like, no. Yeah, he was hot for a little while, and that's it's fun when that happens. But otherwise, he's a switch hitting. He's a big, slow switch hitter with no power. So, yeah. So they that, why is he batting the, fifth? They went with the small, slow, right-handed hitter with no power in center field leading off today, which is an interesting choice. And I'm people have been bitching about every lineup he puts out there for five years, and I, I don't need to be part of that. But... Who the hell could have seen Albert Elmora, 286 OPS, 0 for 4, 3 Ks, huh? It's like, my God. Yeah, he got the start because um, Sonny Gray is, um, even though he's right-handed, is brutally tough on lefties. But honestly, I still, I would have rather, Schwarber's homered in three straight games. I would have probably just let him fight it fight his way through Sonny Gray instead of just giving and then and then leading Albert off. Right. It's like, for, 
Christ's sakes. Let's get him the most at bats because yep. he can do so much with it. I'll tell you who wouldn't have seen it coming. When I was I had a closing, I was telling Dolan before the podcast that I had a closing this morning, and uh the other attorney and I were talking Cub stuff, and we were trashing Elmora and, and how bad he is at baseball. And the closer <laughs> was listening to us from outside the door and like came running in yelling at us because she had met Elmora and he's very, very nice. And I'm I don't doubt that he's no, very, very nice. He's, he's a good interview. He yeah, seems like a smart guy. This teammates yeah. like him. That doesn't entitle him to play <laughs> and lead off. I mean, so do you think at this point, and I know he's also bad, but is it would Hap be worse out there? He'd be better I, defensively, right? Well, my thought is that the move is when they released Descalso is they it's bring Hap back. Okay. Because he's hitting again, but he's done this. Somebody charged it out on Twitter. At Iowa, he's literally been Awesome for two weeks. Oh, he's fixed. Terrible for two weeks. Oh, he's regressed. He's awesome again. He's terrible again. He's awesome again. He's terrible. He's literally done it in like two week increments. And right now he's in the middle of a really hot stretch. So it's, like, it's like he's fixed. Farnsworth with odd numbered years and even number years where he'd be amazing. <laughs> yeah. And then he'd spend too much time on Madison Street and Forest Park because yeah. he got full of himself and be terrible for the next year. But, you know, he's even if he doesn't hit, which would be nice if he did, he's so much more useful than well anything is more well, useful than Descalso, but he can at least you can actually put him in the field and he can make right, him play right but i'm sure they would i'm sure what they're trying to do you know there's obviously they, they've got a couple of trades they still need to make they ideally will they've got to find a real another outfielder you know yeah because he can't he, it's nice to have hap on the bench you can't count on him and you can't keep running albert out there it's ridiculous yeah. and they still need bullpen help they need at least they, they, they don't really have a lefty they have Kyle Ryan is the closest thing they have to one. Um, and I'm sure they're hoping that in one of those trades, they just kind of sneak Descalso in it. Like they just, they just write his name really small <laughs> on the form. And the other team is like, Oh shit, we got Daniel Descalso because he's got the rest of this year, two and a half million dollars next year. And then a buyout for a third year. It's, it's just, I don't know who they were bidding against when they were signed that contract. Well, they knew there was, they, if they didn't get to Descalso, Someone was going to get to him and Bodie, so they realized that. Lock them both up. Yeah, I would still love to have heard the phone call when they called Bodie's agent. <laughs> he's like, "What?" And it's, David, who? And he's like, "So how about how does uh, five for fifteen sound?" <sighs> so what's that? Fifteen dollars an hour? <laughs> no, fifteen million dollars. Ah, screw you! I thought this really was Theo Epstein. He's, how many times did he hang up on Theo? Colbert, like, how many? Yeah, I'm right. hung over. <laughs> gonna pull this sorry, bullshit. You gotta at least send it from the Yankees. <laughs> I don't even know if it's it is Tolbert, right? Sounds right. Yeah. Or he could have given him the old day, Lou Brown. I got a guy on the other line about some white walls. White walls. <sighs> so many things to fix on a team that's five and one since the all-star break yeah and in first place and in first place with two teams that can't get out of their own fucking way chasing yeah. chasing them the card the cardinals and brewers they were just like eh? yeah <sighs> they really ought to have like an eight game lead and it's two and absolutely yeah yep that's the that's the annoying part the Brewers rocking the negative 20 run differential with their steadfast refusal to use starting pitchers that are actually major league quality. 
somehow <laughs> hanging in it. So that's 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 on the Cubs for not gaining separation, and yeah. just gotta hope it doesn't come back to bite them. Well, how can you blame them? They're not my backup team, the Minnesota Twins, right? <laughs> <laughs> Who I'm gonna say are running away and hiding in that division. I just like to occasionally check in on my. Are they still surrogate team? They're playing well. They're you know, playing the Indians. Well. The Indians made up some games right before the All Star break, but I think, I think the Twins went into Cleveland then and smacked them around. Yeah, they're they're they got some. They're playing some good baseball, and it's getting pretty late for that to be fluky. Now, did either one of you watch any of the All Star game? Yeah, uh, I watched, I watched a couple innings. A lot of it. Yeah. My favorite moment was the three Cubs getting booed. Yeah, <laughs> because they won a World Series at that stadium. Yeah, that was oh, the that, reason they were getting booed. I was just, I was luxuriating in it, and so was Javi. Javi was like, Javi's yeah. like waving at the crowd. <laughs> yeah, that was great. And like, I mean, I know it's natural in the American League Park to boo the NL players for the most part, or, or oh, they booed the Cubs more than they booed anybody. Oh, of course, but but yeah, I don't I don't remember hearing boos for anyone else in the National League roster. I'm sure there were some smatterings, but they, yeah, they were, they went after the Cubs and it was great. I also enjoy Cubs Twitter. They do it a lot, but it happened again in the all-star game with when I rolled Chapman's on the, on the mound in Cleveland. And I, I, I think Cubs Twitter thinks the Cubs lost that game sometimes. <laughs> like I get, yeah, it's, it's a part of the story and you know, it's fun to look back and laugh at and think, Oh my God, that would have sucked, but they won the fucking game. <laughs> and he got the win. Yeah, right. I still don't believe they won it. I've watched, I've rewatched <laughs> it I don't know how many times, and I still don't believe Yeah, so many things in that series. Oh, let's not get me down that path. Let's go. Let's, let's run back through game seven again. I do want to say something. I feel like I didn't say anything nice about Mike Montgomery. And um, he was a very useful pitcher. Yeah. And I thought that the best, it, it's, I, he's, he's remembered most, he should be, for even though I'm pretty sure the three of us could have gotten Michael Martinez out. Um, but he's remembered for if that. We, and it's if like, we all threw a pitch at the same time. Uh, that's true. And he had to hit the right one. <laughs> there, and we didn't tell him which one was the right one. Um, so that's, you know, his, he'll live in infamy for the rest of his life. That highlight is going to be shown forever. I, and so obviously that's, it's an indelible mark. I think that the, the thing we forget is the most impressive because he only had to get a terrible hitter out, even though it was for the biggest out ever. The, his most impressive appearance in that playoffs was actually in the first round, game three, yeah. game three against the Giants. Like he basically days. even, yeah, even though the Cubs lost, he basically ruined the Giants bullpen yeah. and for the next the day because he just yeah. kept getting them. They just kept, they kept the Cubs never changed pitchers, and the Giants kept running through all their relievers, yeah. and then the next day it had their bullpen all screwed up, and so there was Bochi throwing out like. He literally used like six guys in the ninth inning yeah. of game four. Yeah. And a lot of that is is due to the fact that Montgomery just kept throwing up zeros until he finally couldn't. I mean, he was basically out there to lose the to game lose. eventually. Yeah. yeah. You know, but, hopefully the Cubs were going to scrape a run across. Every time they didn't, Joe's like, all right, see if you can prolong yeah. the inevitable. Yeah. But you would have thought, you know, you were expecting it several innings before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was cool. He was a gutty pitcher. Too bad he was terrible this year. Well, but, and, the, and the guy he got traded for is an all-star <laughs> who would be completely useless. 
he's only kind of not yeah. useless with the Mariners, and somehow right. he's an all-star. He would be completely useless on the Cubs. Yes. Um, and we're finding out, even though it's still really early, that another guy they traded, a more high-profile guy that they traded, also probably wouldn't have been that useful for the Cubs, is every time you watch Aloy Jimenez try to do anything in the field. I mean, he's 22, and it's pretty clear he's got to be a DH. Because not only does he not make plays, he keeps hurting himself. Yeah, Yeah, I have a rant that I don't need to go on about Eloy. And I think he's going to be fantastic, but he is so much closer to Kyle Schwarber than he is to Chris Bryant. And it's just like... He he's gonna have to hit a ton to be super valuable. Like a ton, he can't run, he can't field. He's a he's the worst left fielder. He's borderline worse than Kyle when he came up. And eh, that's a stretch, but he's he's in that you know category for sure. He's gonna have to hit a ton. And I'm not saying he can't do it, but I don't know. I I, I wouldn't bet on him being an MVP. Well, I think it's 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 pretty clear why they were willing to trade him. And it's not that he's not good. It's that unless the DH arrives in the national league in the next couple of years, they weren't really going to be able to use him very well. Right. I mean, I'm sure they were going to prop him up in left field and hope that, you know, he drove in more runs than he let in, Right. but it made sense to maximize the value by trading him. Now, whether or not Q has been good enough, he probably has, he's probably already justified the trade. If that, that would be the yeah. question. Did they get enough? Did they trade him too early? And they could have gotten more a year later when he was really crushing in the minor leagues or right. teams have looked at it and said, yeah, we love that dude, but, I mean, you can't put him anywhere near a glove. Well, I, I, obviously, you guys were not at the Sunday um, or at any of the Cubs Sox games in Comiskey because I was told by everyone who around me that we were how dumb the franchise was to give up on Eloy and how he is the next Mickey Mantle. How so. is it? Well, I mean, there's a lot of dumb in that statement. <laughs> well, yeah. But how is giving up on a guy? trading him for a starting pitcher that you're going to have for the next four years. That's not really, that's not really the definition of giving up on a player. A starting pitcher that borderline was the key piece to making a playoff run. Yeah. 17 after they acquired. Yeah. No, it was, it was a lot of, um, there was a lot of dumb at that game. Was there any fighting on the, at the Sunday game? I saw the video. There certainly was. I had nowhere near me. That's good. Um, there's well, some... no, they knew you were there. They knew it was going to start. Yeah, no, I was, I just, yeah. They, uh, I'm, I'm sure there was, especially, it was hot. It was, everyone was cranky, I'm sure. They have done, I will give some credit around that. What is it now? Is it still guaranteed, right? Um, yep. That area around there is a lot less frightening now. Well, it tore everything down. That helps. <laughs> well, yeah, they gentrify. <laughs> but like, but um, but like, there was there's actually some spots to hang out where I I yeah. never I never once the only times I've been to Comiskey or, or Guaranteed Rate or Cellular or whatever, um, it, you'd go to the parking lot, you'd tailgate in the parking lot, and you'd get the fuck back in your car after the game yeah. leave. Um, and now you can actually go down. I don't know about during night games, but like there is during day games for sure. It seemed on a Sunday, it was it was all right. It's been right. half over plenty, but that stadium. I mean, I think it's a very generic stadium. It's fine if it they is. would have just rotated it ninety degrees, so you it's had the city. Yeah, that would have been that would have well, been the way to do with it. Wrigley, though. I I can't, I can't believe they didn't do that. Well, if they ever have to tear down Wrigley, of course, when they built Wrigley, there was just a yeah dirt <laughs> patch a loop. So um, and that and that one auto body shop <laughs> that was already there. There weren't cars yet. But no, but Sanchez auto body was already guy, there. 
That guy was forward thinking. <laughs> Someday. I, that's why I'm going to open my a flying car repair shop in the next year or yep. so. Get ahead of it. Yeah. I'll be the first one on the block. I don't remember the name of the bar. When I was in college, my friend Neil was a Sox fan, so we'd go. And we went to he we went to a bar, and he's like, we're going to go here because this is where Tom Peshore hangs out after games. And I'm like, oh. oh, great. So we get there, and 10 minutes later, Wimpy comes in, and Neil goes to the payphone and makes a call. 10 minutes later, his mom comes. <laughs> so I'm in the bar with my friend Neil and his mom, and she's hitting on Tom Peshork. I'm like, is this really happening? Neil's like, ask him about being an altar boy. You were an altar boy. I'm like, no, I'm not. That was about the time that we found out about. I'm like, no, I'm not. Why? Why is any of this happening? That's my memory of being at a bar after a Sox game. Why? My friend, my my friend's mom hitting on top of Shark, and my friend trying to get me to to um, um, basically uh, work out the plot of the movie Spotlight with Tom Shark in a bar. So I didn't do that. Yeah. Oh, God. That movie. Yeah. All right. So last night, the great Alec Mills got a start. And after a terrible first inning where he got bailed out by a very nice Albert Elmore catch and a guy getting thrown out at the plate, um, he settled any pitch really well. But why was he pitching? What happened to Adbert? So he has one bad start in Pittsburgh and he's on double secret probation. Well, did you see his next start in triple a? Oh, was it just as bad? Oh, it was worse. Well, not worse. It was not worse. He's pitching tonight. It was bad. He's pitching. Okay. Yeah. I think, I think his, uh, his first start back in triple a was his career high in walks and hit batters. So, <laughs> okay. So that's why uh, that answers that question. Yeah. I mean, well, what down. number is the career high? Like he may have never walked or hit a batter before. So if it's yeah, I think more, that's true. Yeah. I think it was like six walks and, Two or three hit by pitch. All right, that's pretty oh, bad. That's, 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 for Iowa, that's not that's bad. That's, that's just a regular. That's just a regular game. Well, that's who did he hit? Let's also who did he hit? Was it, you know, was he throwing he, at? Did he hit the mascot? Throwing? Right. Yeah. Exactly. I, mean, I guess maybe how bad was he missing? Maybe after his time in Chicago, he realized he looked at Tyler Chatwood and realized what he had to do to get a fifty million dollar contract, and was working on that. So he was so wild in that game. How wild was he? Ben Christensen showed up on the field and said, "Hey, knock it off." That's how wild he was. Somewhere Barry Rosner would have laughed. Deep cut. Yeah, you should somewhere that's going to get tweeted out by your buddy Kaz. Kaz what? Uh, fucking hell! Okay, Kaysberg. Kaysberg, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Well, he's gonna. I'm sure he he already wrote that joke, and I probably <laughs> now get sued. You're gonna get sued. <sighs> All right. So that's what happened to Edward. Now with a name close to Edward, but not Albert Elmora. We talked about a little bit. So last night in the, I guess it was the ninth inning, right? Um, he struck out on a, just a brutally horrible pitch. The ball rolled all the way to the backstop, kind of nestled up against the backstop. The catcher didn't exactly know where it was at first. Someone from the crowd reached and picked it up yeah. and tossed it up in the upper deck. And there's Albert still standing at home plate, just standing there. And then finally takes off for first and is out. Um, it was that's literally that to me was the worst instance of I didn't know there was a drop third strike that I've ever seen in my life. Absolutely. And Albert should have known because Albert swings at that pitch all the time uh-huh. and it gets by the catchers a lot. That's like part of his thing. 
I don't understand um, how he didn't know to run. And so it's, you kind of think, all right, if, if you're not, if you're not going to hit and you can't run and you're not going to be aware, I mean, Maybe it's great thought, that you can catch fly balls, but that's pretty much literally all he's doing now. Maybe he thought when they gave that extra rule to the minor leagues that they took away <laughs> he can't the stop third yeah. strike rule from that. From he the traded, traded that to the Atlantic League. They can steal first. You have to just – he didn't even go back to the dugout. I would, I think I would have been cooler with that if he had just started going to the dugout. He just stood there, and he was like looking at the pitcher, like, "Hey, nice pitch!" It's like, Did you run? <laughs> Literally, he like he pointed yeah, at he the t- pitcher. Yeah, somehow. he tipped his cap to him. He's yeah. like, "Hey, good." Job. It's like just fucking run. He, and that- it, so then instead of there being first and third and one out, there's a runner at third and two outs. It completely changes the situation. They had to go to the tenth, and they won it in the bottom of the tenth. But they almost lost the game because he he didn't have enough brains to run to first on a very obvious drop third strike. There's the the tweet that. Uh, Matt Clapp, uh, the the blog finds guy on Twitter, who is personally one of my absolute favorite Cubs Twitter follows. He has a, a recurring tweet that he likes to retweet, something along the lines of Elmora being a really a player who seems really smart but does a lot of dumb stuff. <laughs> and I, I mean, I think that's accurate. And I mean, Elmora, you know, he's got the the pedigree in the background, like the Team USA grooming first round draft pick. You know, pretty quick through the minors. I don't know. And, does anyone does anyone think that? It's he's getting dumber the more his hair is looking like Todd Hollingsworth's hair, because like when he starts growing out that curly fro and it sticks out underneath his hat, I feel maybe I'm just starting to like him less. But he's looking more like Todd's Hollins Todd Hollingsworth, and he's getting dumber. Is my theory? It's like reverse Samson for intelligence. It's very possible. I think if you're gonna grow your hair out that long, you should have to wear a chin strap <laughs> on your helmet and your hat. This his him always having to go pick up his hat. It's 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 beyond annoying. So you get the chin strap and you get the propeller on top of it, and you can grow your hair out as long as you want. That's fine. That's the that's the penalty you pay for the hair. I like that rule. Um, I bet we could get Rob Manfred to pass it because if you think about how it slows the game down all the time with Elbert always having to go back and get his hat. Yeah, that's pace of play. So just put the chin strap on, no problem. All right. Um, so this is a story that happened a couple of weeks ago, but it's back in the news because today um, there was a little resolution to it. So um, I was starting to explain this to Mike before we came on, and it seemed dumb. I should explain it actually on the podcast. So if somebody doesn't know, they would know. It has to do with our favorite, um, uh, with Fredo Ricketts, Todd, <laughs> the brother that nobody wants to acknowledge actually is in the family, and his house. So, uh, like 10 years ago, he bought, um, he bought a house on the North shore and he bought the lot next to it and he tore down the house and he built a new, bigger house and Cook County didn't, I mean, it's Lake County, Cook County, I think, um, didn't reassess, didn't do a new assessment. So, he did what every red-blooded American would do. You get the tax bill. That's the tax bill that you pay. You know, it's their own, you know, it's their oh. fault if they didn't know you improved your house. Except <laughs> while they were, while he was paying the lower assessed value on his home, he twice appealed his assessment. 
And twice, had his lawyer file a document that indicated that the old smaller house was still on the lot and included a photo of the old smaller house. That was my beef with it. Because when this, and just to editorialize really quickly right here, because I do a fair amount of tax protest work, but like, I, I was like, Okay, come on. No one would volunteer to right. Cook County. And even though you're supposed to, yes. um, no one would volunteer that information. But the fact that he fraudulently protested it twice <laughs> is ridiculous. But, but sorry, go ahead. So now who, I assume there's a form, even though the lawyer fills it out. Does Todd actually sign? You, you sign? Or does the lawyer yes. sign for Todd? Well, no. So you sign off on saying that the lawyer has that the lawyer can represent you okay. in this matter but then you the lawyer is under the obligation of saying hey this is accurate this and i think that i can't it's been a while since cook county but i think the form actually does i feel like you do sign on behalf of the client you basically are signing as the client with a power of attorney saying that this is an accurate depiction of the facts that the owner knows about this house. So the buck should stop. And this is not me trying to defend attorneys, but like the buck should stop with the owner because they should know better because they should review that. And, and frankly, when I've done tax protests, I almost never have actually been to the house unless I know the people that I'm doing the protest for. So I have to rely on them to get the, the information that, that, so what probably happened is he submitted this old photo to his attorney and said, no, this is unimproved. Here's what the house well, looks like. And yeah, blah, blah, blah. I thought that too, because the attorney, unless he has a time machine, right. couldn't go take a photo of the old house after right. it had been torn down, a new house had been built. So, um, unless the guy just collected photos of houses, chances are Todd gave him the photo. The other part of it, the story that is rich is that Todd's French wife, um, while this was going on, wrote a letter to the school district imploring them to stop, to, to not ask for, um, um, you know, more in property taxes, uh, because property taxes were already way too high. So there they are knowingly cheating on their property taxes, doubling down and saying, don't raise the property taxes that we're not going to pay anyway. So thank you. So is the resolution. So I don't know what the rules are. If cook County can go after now those back taxes or put, they can only go after three years, three years because of a state law that got passed that Mike Madigan voted present on. Um, (laughs) He didn't vote yes or no. He voted present. And, um, his second in command is the one who actually put the uh, actually wrote the bill, so they can only go back three years. So Ricketts owes sixty thousand dollars in back property taxes. Well, at least that's something. Yeah. Um, but he is. They said in the Tribune today, uh, if he wants to pay the rest of them, he's more than welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and I have a feeling they said it while laughing, but it yeah. is the thing he could if he wants. I don't think he's going to do that. So it sounds like Bud Lights are going to be fifteen dollars next year. Yeah. Really. Did he still have Bud Light there? Oh yeah, Ugh. they upped it. The, oh, the yeah, spe- Bud Light and Budweiser is their thing. The special is the the twenty ounce drafts of Bud Light now that they get twelve bucks for <sighs> twelve dollars. Twelve bucks. They, did they not realize the more Bud they're making you drink, the less they should charge you? Like, I feel like an ounce of Budweiser should be 20 bucks, and then it should scale down the more you have to drink of it. Agreed. Well, they should force you to drink a Budweiser unless you pay. Not 
That should yes. be how it works. They should hook, yeah, they should so have, have, we have a, we have a three minimum. bud minimum tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Two if you double your ticket price. <laughs> like, no, I'll pay anything. And you don't have to drink anything. You just, you just don't have to drink the Bud Light then. Yeah. So there they are. That's, it's a, such a fun bunch that owns the Cubs. Seems like they can't go a couple of weeks without. Um, yeah. And then this other thing, which I have not seen in action because I have not been to the bleachers in forever. Um, but did you see the? <laughs> There's a lot of deplorable things about Barstool, but I'm actually am enjoying the fight they're having with the Cubs about the cup snakes. Have you seen those? Oh, it I is preposterous. <laughs> what is the fight about this? I, I saw some mention of it on Twitter. So oh, the, um, the people are the, stacking their cups. Yes, and they're getting super long. I mean, they can the new cups apparently. You can get them super long, and they stay together, and they you know they swing out like a snake, and they're having all kinds of fun with them. And so uh, the Wrigley security is confiscating. Oh, in fact, well. even if people will just, they'll be on the lookout. If somebody has just the starter snake, like three or four <laughs> cups together, they'll go get it. Oh. And they have a video of a very reasonable security guy trying to explain to them why they have to do it. And he's like, he's like, there's a few reasons. Number one, when you get all those cups together. He's trying to explain the bar stool. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yeah, so okay. you know how well that's going over. Yeah. But he's like. He goes, you get, you, know, you get 40 of those together and they're flying around. He goes, there's stuff coming out of the cups and people are getting hit by whatever yeah. ooze is coming out of the cups. That's no good. If you get them too long and it falls onto the field, they have to stop play. And it's, they've changed the rule. It's a felony now if it lands on the field. Um, and he had a third thing. It was all very reasonable. And Barstool's like, yeah, that's very reasonable. Very reasonable. But we don't care. We're still going to do them. Of course. But I am enjoying the absurdity of the uh, thing. And then, of course, the, the best part is that Julian Green... The, the crack PR guy for the Cubs um, sent an, they, they, he sends an e- email to somebody from Barstool and he says stuff in it that he probably didn't want everybody to know. So why would you send it to Barstool? Because you knew yeah, the first okay. thing they're going to do is they're going to post it. And that's exactly what they did. And so Julian is whining about, you know, oh, we thought we're going to talk to you. And, um, and one of the things he threatened, then he threatened them. He threatened to take their access away. To which they're like, we don't have any access. How can you take access away? You know, you, we pay for tickets. We pay for tickets. We don't, you know, you, you wouldn't give us a press pass. We don't interview people. So thanks for the threat to, to cut off the access that we don't have. Um, which then yes. somebody reminded them, you know, the Cubs had been accused of threatening reporters um, earlier in the year. They were going to pull their um, press, press credentials. And the Cubs said, we'd never do that. We would never threaten. And then there's an email where they actually are doing it. To yeah. an entity that doesn't even get press credentials, and the the Cubs fired the the poor kid that went on the uh the that did the interview, like the security, like whatever. It was a, some college kid on a summer job, and he went on the uh on uh, with the Barstool Chicago guys to explain the the cup snake thing, and the Cubs fired him. The, sending that to Barstool was as dumb as letting me into a Jim Hendry off the cuff <laughs> conference. Um, no, I think you started. I think you started there. <laughs> The whole <laughs> I hope so. Um, no, so I, I get it. If if they and I get the the cup, that does make sense. And but it's the bleachers. It's a lawless yeah. society out there. If the Cubs want to curb this, go back to the fucking paper beer cups and the bleachers, and all will be solved. Or they just go to a beer bong system. Oh usher, yeah, usher yeah. comes over. Hand you the here's hand your you butt, the hose, your butt, pours butt, your beer in. Off to the next guy. There's no cups. There's no cup snakes. Seems like a perfect 
solution it's to me. Actually, they have one of those like uh, keg camel, like keg backpacks, and then you can just <laughs> do the tap right into their mouth. Or if you want to sell more merch, the helmet. Yeah. With the two, with the two cans on each yeah. side, make it so they lock in there, and you can't get them out unless you go to buy two more, and then they switch them out for you. There's you sound no- like. That's like a jigsaw saw trap. <laughs> so wrap, wraps can't. around your mouth. You can't breathe <laughs> you unless you breathe through the hose. Trap. Yeah, you have to take these seconds to drink both of you drink your way out of it. And you have to pay $500 <laughs> to get it taken off before you can go home. Uh, <sighs> Good times at Wrigley. I still haven't been this year. Me neither. I have not given. Well, I've, I'm sure I'm inadvertently given the Ricketts some of my money, but the, I've seen a couple of Cubs games and none at Wrigley. Nor do I plan on it anytime soon. I'm. Uh, I'm not giving him anything. I'm. I'm uh, making my own memorabilia myself now, just with a shirt and a pen. I've got a lot of. I've got a lot of cool jerseys this year. I made my Adbert one. I spelled his name wrong a few times. Had to do it over again. Um. Well, one thing this. I make a big deal out of this because it really, it just bothers me from an aesthetic standpoint, but, and they only did it a couple of weeks ago and it started with um, the day after Adbert pitched for the first time twice on a homestand. They wore those fucking blue tops. Yeah. Out of nowhere. They hadn't done it for 10 years. Yeah. And all of a sudden two games in a row, they wore the blue tops with the pinstripe pants, which is the worst look. It It just looks, it looks like he got dressed upside down. Um, (laughs) I don't hate it as much as you do, but I de- they have such a cool yes. Clash should always and yeah. then last night they wore throwbacks. They wore the '69 Cubs throwbacks. Yeah, and those were cool. Yeah, and they're not as nice as the new ones, but those were cool. Why isn't that the alternate? Why don't they? Yeah. If they want to have an alternate, why don't they do that? Why don't they go to like, um, you know, a, wear a different? Like kind of like the Reds are doing, wear a different throwback instead of those yeah. god awful blue things. Yeah, I, 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 I think the blue with the gray pants is less offensive. Yeah, that's fine. Than just wearing the pinstripes. But yeah, I'd prefer just wear the pinstripes at home and the grays on the road. But if you're gonna do it, do it. I'm, the Cubs have never had a um, sleeveless, have they? Like a lot of teams have gone. I think through. they did back in the, yeah. Oh, like the old school sleeveless. There's a cool um, Not like the, Paul- the current sleeveless. Paul Lucas, who writes the UniWatch thing, I think it's on ESPN. Mm-hmm. He writes like if teams change their uniforms or history of uniforms, he writes all this stuff. And the, he always gives the Cubs credit because some of the coolest things that got incorporated in the uniforms the Cubs did first. Yeah. Um, and he's the same. He really likes the, the home pinstripes and thinks that the road uniforms are just blah, and they are, and that the blue yeah. ones are not very attractive. And then some of it is like trivia, like the fact that the Cubs, the blue uniform is the only uniform in baseball that has the National League logo. Yeah. Yep. And the only reason it's on it is because their alternate is the crawling cub and he's and it's already on the yeah. chest. Mm-hmm. So it, how ridiculous would it look to put it on the sleeve? So they went with the National League one. Um, they were the only team for a long time. I think the Dodgers do it now, though, that had the fabric logo on the helmets. Oh, yeah. Which is yeah, kind of a nice you know, little touch. Um, the pant, the, the gray road pants are the only ones that have a team logo on them. Yeah. A little cub logo is there. Yeah, they have the only logo that has a, the trademark on it. <laughs> I mean, there's all kinds of stuff like that. Huh. He even got into one thing, which I found more interesting than I should have as to the different tints that are in the grays. Like the cubs have a blue tint to theirs and the Cardinals is like a green tint. And then he showed them next to each other. Like, holy crap, that's actually, huh. you don't think of that kind yeah. of stuff. I so. agree. You got way more into that than you probably And would. then, 
Um, no, that's neat trivia, Andy, especially for this audio medium that we're broadcasting in. Well, all they're missing is me waving my hands around. Well, I'm just, yeah. Well, I should pretend that I was actually pulling out samples Pictures, of the uniform. Yeah. <laughs> now here. You changed and yeah. you did quick. I have my wife modeling the uniform. Now here's, <laughs> she, she here's Mary. She's in a road uniform from 1948. But you're so close to the camera, we can just see here a very quick blur <laughs> of movement. In front we, of we needed a sponsor for uh, the uniform segment Andy just did. Like, yeah. like Pat, now, Pat now has a sponsor for the, yeah. the uniform about, descriptions. We talk about trousers. and trousers. You, Dolan, how many dogs do you have? You could have dressed up one. Each, each four, oh, yeah. yeah, each could have worn a different, yeah. Each, we got a four plus Barry, so we could have had the current uniforms, they all could have worn yeah. them, yeah, including the cool. last night's throwback. Cool. One complaint people had about the throwbacks last night was they had a bunch of 69 cut well, the ones that are still alive, they had a bunch of 69 cubs there, and they had them all lined up on the third baseline. Well, there were two complaints. The first one was they were supposed to throw out the first pitch, and I guess they did. But they had to wait because the Gator guy got oh, to throw the first pitch out first. Chance the snapper. Yes. Uh, but then there they all are, and their uniforms, and they don't have their numbers on them. They just have blanks. <laughs> and people are like, you couldn't no have given them one. Then we would have actually known who they were. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's, they, they, they missed the last 10% of everything <laughs> all the time. Speaking of uh, first pitches, uh, did you see – so I probably it's probably ten years ago at this point went to a one of those I think it was at King County Cougars game and went to the the speed machine where you're supposed to you know the, yep. they're gunning your and hit I think sixty five sixty six how fast do you think you could throw I won't ask Kyle this because you'd probably be like I could I yeah, know, 39, 80. Yeah. yeah but like uh, how Dolan how fast because you're you got a year, a couple of years on me, I think. Well, how fast could I throw now? Yeah, how fast do you think? You I don't know. Throw? I know that um, around that same time that we were hanging out with Tom Pashorik and my friend's mom, the Sox had the speed gun on the concourse. They yeah. still do. I, I have and um, so my friend Neil was there. His friend Joe, who I guess was my friend too, because we went. I met him when we went to college. Uh, Joe had pitched at um, where'd they go? Um one of the South suburb schools. I can't think of the top of my head. And Joe pitched high school and yeah, high school brother rice. No. Okay. Um, so Neil threw first Sam and Neil threw like low sixties. Oh. They did. They went oh. to Sandberg. Oh, um, they're a big baseball school. Actually. Joe they're... threw they're... Joe threw 68 and kept giving him money and kept because he wanted to hit 70 and uh -huh. he kept throwing and throwing and throwing. And so he got done and I handed the guy, whatever it was, the five bucks, grabbed the ball. I threw 74 and walked off. Did you really? Yep. How long ago was this? Oh, it was. God, it was twenty years ago. Oh, okay. Well, so I can throw twenty years ago. I, I can throw thirty-eight miles an hour now. Yeah. Well, Nagy hit sixty-eight. Yeah, and, and it, it was a strike. Yeah, no, it was like curved too. Um, it was, it, that's that's probably why they traded Montgomery. But um, the I now I I think we do have to know. Kyle, how hard can you? Yes, throw? how hard can you throw? I, well, I, I was, I was, I was honestly a little disappointed in myself last summer. I did it at a Sox <laughs> game. I was, I was hoping to hit seventy. I hit 68, 69 in my two pitches. Oh, okay. So that makes me feel a little better. Uh, my, my buddy I was with hit seventy four. I think so. Okay, that's pretty good. So they had. Were one. you with Dolan? <laughs> yeah. So at the uh, at the Winnebago County Fair here in lovely 
Well, it's in Pegatonic. It's not in Rockford. That's, it's in that's a, I heard that's a hot gun, though. All well, it's a hot gun. So my brother, when he was in, I think it was probably his freshman or sophomore year in college, they had a thing. and You didn't win anything except they they put the high score of the day. They had a whiteboard. And they would put it up or chalkboard. How is that then. not considered winning? That would be the greatest accomplishment. Right. So we put life. the thing up. So the first day he went and he threw and somebody topped him. He threw in the mid-70s probably and somebody topped him. So he went back the next day, him and his buddy, with their gloves and they warmed up. <laughs> <laughs> and then they threw and Jim threw probably 78 or nine. He, he could throw harder than I could, but you know, he's, he's like, it sucks. They do this. You can't, you know, it's like, they don't even let you get any warmups. It's like, yeah, but nobody does. So it evens out dummy. Warmed up in the parking lot, got all ready and then came in and set the high score for the day. So did he warm up with Mark Maldonado? <laughs> That's what he is. He's a parking lot, warm up <laughs> speed gun catcher. Yeah. So now he's, now he's the backup catcher for the Cubs. I think he's the starving catcher for the Cubs. But anyhow. I prefer not to not to think that Wilson is hurt worse. Yeah. I, I actually think. thought I thought Wilson got hurt. Um apparently it's 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 it, they're blaming it on some new shoes that he bought. Oh god. Yeah. And I guarantee you it's some weird fucking thing that he wore on the red carpet at the All-Star game. I guarantee Rocks. it's some jacked up. Um, but he left, he left the game early the other day and in the eighth inning, Randy Rosario was in pitching and Randy kept bouncing the ball home and Wilson started limping. And I thought for sure Randy had hit him in the foot. So I'm like, that son of a bitch. And he hit poor Wilson. Apparently he didn't hit him in the foot. It was just that Wilson's foot started probably from chasing Randy's pitches to the backstop. <laughs> his foot started to act up. So I can't blame it on poor Randy. When I took got the chance to take BP and, and Wrigley and Lester Strode was thrown at me, I think he brushed me back a couple times, actually. So I get it. I would think. It's a good background, son. Yeah. <laughs> Can we get a mic check back there? Who is that, Beasley? That's, it's Lucas. Lucas. What's the matter, Luke? You wanna, come here. If you got a hot take. If he comes the over there and is in full Cub uniform, I'm going to be super <laughs> impressed. That's why he's barking. He has to wear the blueberry tops. Right. He's like, yeah, maybe wear this. And then I missed my cue. You already talked about the uniforms. He didn't bother to tell me. He's wearing a chin strap around his helmet because he has ears still. <laughs> he's got the, yeah, I got the whole thing. He He's a, he's a complete encapsulation of the podcast. <laughs> oh, that'd be nice. He's got, he just summed it all up for us. Uh, what else do we got? Is that it? I think finish. The I think we got it all. All right. Oh, there was one thing I wanted to mention. We actually, I got all excited because this, if you, um, in the show notes, if when, you know, when the internet gods push the podcast out onto your devices, there's a link where you can click on it and leave us a voice message. And we actually got our first voice message. Oh. And I thought, oh, this is going to be great. So I played it and it was some guy who has another podcast on anchor who was like, Hey, I think your podcast is really cool. Uh, could you promote mine? And then I'll promote yours. So I was like, Oh, I thought it what's was this about. I didn't listen to the rest of it. Oh. I was so excited that it was going to be one of our intrepid listeners <laughs> with a question that I got at this point. So I guess listen to it. And if I was savvy, we probably would, you know, actually cross promote, but if it has nothing to do with, um, do you think he's actually baseball uniforms or, or big hair? It's probably, it's probably not going to relate to ours very well. Or suicide. Do you think he's actually listened to? No, uh, I'm sure know? he just randomly sent those to like 30 yeah. different podcasts and is hoping somebody's going to take him up on it. I haven't even listened to the last 
three weeks or so that I haven't been here. Yeah, I certainly so, have. So I'm not helping helping your ratings boost when I'm not here. Yeah, we should right. probably start promoting our own podcast first. Yeah, that's true. Well, Dolan, you never tag us when you tweet out that the podcast is up. I did. I have the last couple of weeks. I tweeted that you guys. Well, I wasn't there. Though. I tweeted that you weren't there. Oh, I'm not going to retweet once I'm not in. Well, there you go. <laughs> I will make sure to tag you in the one I sent out tonight. Thank you so much. All right. So. All right, guys. It's good to be back. Sort of. Yeah, I missed you guys. Did you? Uh, kind of. Did you miss me? Like, I'm not even going to say it. I don't want to. I was gonna, no, I was going to make a reference that we promised not to reference before the, <laughs> before the show. What, Lou Brock's foot? <laughs> no. Oh, no. <laughs> Wait, was that it? That was because we talked. I talked. We were talking about like that. Lou Brock misses his foot. Oh, <laughs> that would have been better than what I was going to say. Oh, so. Okay, good. So, uh, Sam will most likely be back next week. We'll be back in full formation. But see, that's why we have four guys because there's always. Uh, some number of us that will be able to do this every week. Yeah, that's true. That's it. It didn't work out. We never were able to do podcasts when it was just two. So we added three and we almost never. four To make sure that we could never possibly miss a podcast. That's right. All right. I think if we get a regular schedule, you know what listeners vote in on when you think we should yes, do night would be best. podcast. Yeah. You just dictate our schedules. Pick like Thursdays. Cause then I'll be out of it forever. I usually, the, I have, there's a method to my madness. I usually pick Wednesday. So that if we can't do Wednesday, we have Thursday as a fallback. Cause if we do Thursday and we don't do it, we're not going to do it. We're not going to do a weekend one. So I pick Wednesday to give us a little padding, mm-hmm. but we could do Monday or two. I guess we could do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday or Thursday. No, I think we should pick one now that we have four people that can show up to it and just pick one day and just that's the day. Whoever can make it, makes it. But I'll just be like Saturday at 3 (laughs) a.m. I'll just set the alarm, wake up. I will not start (laughs) podcasting. Be just as coherent as it is the rest of the time. All right, guys. All right. Thanks, guys. Cool. Take care. We didn't introduce ourselves, by the way. Goodbye. See ya.